Maybe we need a new holiday, this one before Christmas. Call it Unboxing Day. Hi, everybody. I'm Bob Bowman, Managing Editor of Supply Chain Brain, and this is the Supply Chain Brain Podcast. In the early days of e-commerce, the focus for sellers was on keeping costs down. Most of the time, that would entail tossing the product into a plain brown box with lots of cushioning. More recently, though, e-tailers have become enamored of the concept of unboxing, the experience you get when you remove an ordered item from the carton in which it came. The very fact that we can use the word experience says volumes about how far we've come in paying attention to details that have nothing to do with the actual product, and everything to do with a seller attempting to burnish its brand. The idea is to employ unboxing as a means of mimicking the in-store retail experience. Today we're going to find out all about unboxing from Ken Chrisman, president of the Product Care Division of Sealed Air. He'll explain why this out-of-box experience is becoming so vital to brand identity. We'll hear of brain monitoring experiments that track the consumer's reaction to innovative packaging. And we'll learn of some highly innovative approaches to creating personal touch points and sensory cues, all intended to elicit mood boosts on the part of the e-commerce shopper. So here is my conversation with Ken Chrisman. Ken Chrisman, welcome to the program. Bob Bowman, thank you so much for having me on. Would you please explain to me the concept of unboxing? I'd be delighted to. At Sealed Air, you know, we've been engaged in packaging and uh, forever. We started by inventing bubble wrap, kind of and helped enable the whole small parcel shipping experience. So we've been involved in packaging for our entire life. And when we started with that, a lot of it was just business to business, and there was a certain perspective of that. It needed to be utilitarian packaging, so we had very efficient materials that were used in this space, not terribly concerned about how it looked. It was more important how protective it was, how the item arrived undamaged. Unboxing is something different. As we see e-commerce continue to grow as a percentage of retail, larger and larger percentage of all retail going through e-commerce, it is replacing in some tangible ways, the in-store retail experience. And so when someone receives an item, they receive a, you ordered it online, you clicked, you went through, you emptied your cart, and you receive that box at home. When you open that box, the experience you have upon opening the box and looking inside is called the unboxing experience because that is really the moment of truth. It was what we call the last moment of truth when Anything that that shipper wants to communicate, that brand wants to communicate to the recipient, it occurs when you open that box. Okay. Myself being an online shopper, I'm maybe not as heavy as some, but I still do order on a pretty constant basis over the uh, Internet. 
Most of my experience in unboxing is just that. The stuff comes in a box, and I take it out, and there we are. There doesn't seem to be anything special about it. So is this a new concept? Is it a rare concept? Where is it happening, and will we see more of it? Well, it is. It's kind of a new concept. When e-commerce started, it was all about being low cost. And so everyone was extremely cost conscious about the packaging that was used. And so it was very utilitarian. And when you received it, you were just happy that the item usually would be air pillows just to keep the item that was inside that box from from bouncing around the box. As we move forward, it is still critical that cost in, in shipping is still super critical because everybody's giving free shipping. And of course, we all know free shipping can't possibly be free. Someone's paying for that. But we also have brand owners starting to see the results of research telling them that they branding the experience that a recipient gains from opening a box and having packaging surprise them in some way is worth loyalty. It results in greater return, uh, shopping experience. It creates a positive reflection upon that brand owner, and I have all kinds of cool stats on that that I can share with you. And so because brand owners are looking to differentiate themselves in a very competitive field, you're seeing retail stores closing right and left. We've had more close in the first quarter of 17 than the entire 2016 in North America. There is pressure to communicate their brand story. And so what we're seeing is a market that's being created when it comes to secondary packaging and e-commerce, where you have to have all the basic table stakes, you still have to be protective, you still have to be cost-effective and efficient, but if you can delight that customer by having extremely efficient but also creative packaging so that is memorable, that results in greater customer loyalty. And so for us, we look at that and we think, all right, well, that's an important opportunity And we have several customers that have already started in this space, and they're the early adopters. And we believe you're going to start to see more and more of this go on as brand owners look to differentiate themselves. We hear terms like touch points, personal cues, mood boosts. It's really interesting, the terminology that's arising out of this. So tell me about specifically what are some of the creative strategies you see out there, some really innovative and interesting examples of unboxing. I'll give you one that we're particularly interested in. We have Bubble Wrap Appreciation Day every year. It's the the last Monday of January, and this year we focus on our inflatable shapes. And so we have inflatable bubble wrap, and we created a new version of this called Expressions. And we had an online poll, and we asked people to tell us which shape were you most interested in. And the winner, by far and away, was a dog bone shape. (laughs) And so we have a company right now, a customer called the Best Damn Bully Stick. And they've got this really cool dog toy, and they were the first ones to raise their hand and say, yes, we want to use your inflatable packaging that doesn't look like little round bubbles like normal. It looks like dog bones, and we want to package our product in your inflatable dog bone bubble wrap. And their feedback they're getting is tremendous because people open this up, and the packaging is cool, it's memorable, and it causes the recipient to think more about the item that they received. In fact, a little extra care went into this. And so that's one really cool example that we've just recently closed. Certainly a fun one. I'm also wondering, though, about how the unboxing experience can tie back to the brand and the whole the mood and the atmosphere and the reputation of the brand itself, whether it's through color or materials or whatever. Can you tell me a little bit about how that might happen? 
Yeah, let's just talk a little bit about that. We partnered with the University of North Carolina in Charlotte to do uh, cognitive research. And so we wired people up and got a sense of their brain activity when they were exposed to different types of packaging. And so one of the things that we learned was that premium packaging, let's say our CoreView packaging, which is a lot of luxury brands use, it has a clear film that's adhered to corrugated. And when it basically retains a product uh, and holds it against the corrugated, you can see uh, the product through this clear film, that type of packaging stimulated 25 to 50% more brain activity at what we call the parietal midline. Now, I, listen, I don't want to make it sound like I'm a scientist, but apparently this is the part of your brain that processes sensory inputs and is thought to store positive brand associations. So you have that going on. And then we also find premium packaging in the same research encourages the user to linger on the unboxing experience 25% longer than the standard packaging that you were just describing, Bob. And then finally, people felt like the brand cared about them 31% more when they received something that was a branded or special packaging than with plain packaging. And so all these extra features, these extra points of stimulation result in greater loyalty, a favorable response back to that brand so that when you're thinking about placing an order again, that brand is more front brain, as it were, uh, than perhaps another shopping solution. But you not, might not even be registering that up front in your brain. Like I'm thinking that it might be a great unboxing experience, but the consumer who wants to basically get the product out of the box, maybe having a great unboxing experience without even realizing it, unless, of course, they're hooked up to, <laughs> to machines and sensors, like you said. So I'm wondering if it's kind of, of almost like a subconscious thing later on when you go back to that brand. You don't go, oh, what a great unboxing experience I had, but it's there anyway, right? Well, and that's actually why we did the cognitive research, because you can go through and do a lot of A-B testing, and that's very important in this space, right? We don't want to just say, hey, of course, really cool packaging would be ideal for you. Now, it's got to have value. You've got to be able to qualitatively communicate uh, and share that, yes, if you use this packaging, you will see a lift in sales. It's not just about cost reduction, but we also know that a lot of our response, for all of us, we respond even subconsciously to brands, that familiarity, to something positive that occurred in association with that brand that has caused you to think about them just a little bit longer. So that when you're sitting there looking at options online, it's the one that gave you a little bit better experience just tends to more often than not just be that little nudge to move you in that direction. And so, yeah, a lot of this is subconscious. It's hard to believe in a way. I guess it's true to a certain extent, but it's kind of hard to believe that the simple act of unboxing can somehow be a stand-in for an in-store environment. And when you go into a brick-and-mortar store, you are just inundated with atmosphere. On the other hand, you've got a box, <laughs> and you've got to get as much atmosphere into that box as you can. So clearly it's not going to make up for the in-store experience, but somehow compensate to some degree. Well, Bob, what I've just been describing to you are, are what I would call passive, delightful packaging, where you've done something special like the dog bone bubble wrap or custom printed mailers. We do custom mailers for people like Verizon and, and Vera Bradley and and Walmart and Amazon and people of that nature, and, and that's always nice to see uh, you know, a branded mailer. Those what I would, those, I would call those passive brand enhancement experiences. The active, the trend in e-commerce is personalization. And so what you will start to see going forward are packaging that's either custom printed on demand 
or packaging that's uniquely aligned to what that brand knows about you because of your order history, because of things you've left in your cart, that's where you're going to start to see going forward a greater sense of that brand experience acknowledging that you're a person. Because, of course, we talk about the unboxing. say, well, this is kind of delightful, but when I'm in a store, I'm being engaged with. What we're looking at are how can you communicate to that customer that they're more than just a click, that we actually know something about them, uh, we know it in a positive way. That Let me give you an example. Let's say, for example, I go online, and I decide to order uh, you know, a new pair of shoes, and I looked at a belt that kind of matched with it, and I decide, nah, I'm not going to order that yet. I left it in my cart. So I go ahead and I get my shoes sent to me. Well, the packaging for the shoes actually has printed with it, let's say a coupon, that's 10% off the item I left in my cart. Not a generic item, but the item I specifically left in my cart. Mm-hmm. And so when I can start to have that data, this is the Internet of Things applying itself to e-commerce fulfillment, when I can start to take the data and the things that we know about customers and tie that together and bring that to bear at the point of packaging, and so when I receive that item, it's personal, it's personalized, that's where this is all going. And that's what will actually help better replicate that in-store personal engagement. It seems like it can just lead to endless variations. The box that comes to my door is uniquely my box in terms of what's in it or some or details about it, right? For a, different for every consumer based on that massive information that the retailer has at their fingertips. And that's exactly what they're talking about, right? Let's say, for example, I'm in a part of the world where I'm very sensitive about environmental issues. And so for better or for worse, I have a couple of different options in my e-commerce fulfillment facility. Maybe in this particular customer, I should always be using paper packaging. They are very sensitive to this. They're in a zip code that is highly sensitive on this topic. And so I might want to align my packaging to their particular interest compared to, let's say, other parts of the world or other opportunities if I have a choice. If it's a coin toss on what packaging I use, I'm going to be able to start using this data, the leverage of the Internet of Things, to be able to provide a better experience for that, uh, that consumer. And so you're right. It's almost infinite the different ways you can align these pieces. However, the old way of doing things could be accomplished in a warehouse with a conveyor belt, sometimes people, sometimes robots, but just putting the same product in the same box and having it, having it just go to the shipping dock. In this case, we're talking about highly personalized boxes with different stuff in each one, different types of materials. The cost of this has got to be immense, especially, as you say, there's no such thing as free shipping, really. How can retailers afford this kind of approach? Well, there's a couple of pieces on that. When I think about packaging, there are really, when I think about e-commerce fulfillment, there are three primary drivers in e-commerce fulfillment when it comes to cost. Damage, shipping expense, and labor the labor to actually do all this packaging. The packaging materials are relatively trivial in all of these. But what happens is, so, so when you think about making standardized work, people will standardize their work and say, hey, I want to use this one type of packaging material on one conveyor line, and it's going to run down the line, and I can just make it simple, lather, rinse, repeat. The challenge we have, as companies want to reduce their shipping expense, they want to have more items in that box. And so what we're starting to see are cases, instead of having an average of 1.7 items per box, which I think is sort of close to the industry average, it's better to have seven, eight, nine items per box. Well, when I'm shipping light bulbs in the same box where I ordered my bowling ball, these are things that require some, some special handling. 
And so when you look at that and say, okay, I see the one benefit, but this is where I've got to be a bit more sophisticated with my packaging so that the item arrives undamaged because the cost of reverse logistics is, is significant. But the other mm-hmm. side of this is that as retail gets larger and larger, uh, e-commerce as a function of retail, you're starting to see these fulfillment operations getting so large that they can afford to specialize in their packaging. The reason that they don't is that they were trying to get scale. And so they say, hey, I want this one packaging. I can buy this at you know, a certain leverage point. But when I start to have multiple different items that, frankly, some items are better shipped in a cushion mailer because it's going to be more cost-effective to ship. Some items will be shipped in a right-sized box. Some are particularly robust. They can ship uh, without any packaging. Others need a great deal of packaging. You start to get a bespoke solution that, in fact, really will reduce your cost because it will reduce your shipping by making it right-sized. It will reduce your damage because you match the packaging to the fragility of the item being shipped. And you reduce your labor because you're starting to create scalable work-sell automation because, frankly, even today, most e-commerce fulfillment operations are work-cell-based. They're not one big, long conveyor line. They happen to be a bunch of individual work-cells. And applying this sort of bespoke solution in a work-cell environment is relatively straightforward. So Mm -hmm. that's really what innovation is going into right now, Bob. That's what companies are looking at doing today in order to be able to provide these solutions and at the same time ensure that they're cost-effective. And give you a little bit of extra cash in order to maybe do some deluxe stuff on the side if you need to. Right. Well, because here's another one. Here's another area that actually ties right into this. How can you actually create some revenue in this space? Well, I just remember that one of the coolest things that happened to me as a husband was when they came out with the gift bags, and I could put tissue in a gift bag, and it actually looked like I really thought this out. It was a lot better (laughs) than wrapping. When, when I could replicate that and actually go online and say, hey, I want this special type of packaging that communicates that this is more of a gift experience, that when somebody receives this, extra care had gone into it so that it actually is packaged in a way that makes it feel like it's more of a gift than, hey, I just went online, click something, I had it sent to you. There are opportunities to go online and say, okay, if you want this special gift packaging, it's very efficient, but it's going to cost you an extra, I don't know, 10%. And if you look at it and think, well, you know what, that could very well be worth it to me, now you're creating an opportunity for packaging to more than pay for itself. It actually becomes an additional revenue stream. Now, you alluded earlier to environmental concerns, and indeed that is a big deal these days with packaging. Many companies are trying to shrink the size of their packaging. They're trying to reduce the materials for a more sustainable packaging environment. Those days of the giant box with one little tiny thing in it rattling around are coming to an end, or at least we hope so. That being the case, however, does that reduce the number of creative options that retailers have and what they can do in a package? Actually, I would suggest the exact opposite occurs in this case, Bob. You actually increases your options because it doesn't take a very sophisticated packaging solution to fill a huge void in a box that's wildly oversized for the item being shipped. But when you start to right-size your boxes and you start to be able to reduce your cost, because I guess let me just say very basically, when we talked about that customer experience, the unboxing experience, the worst possible unboxing experience is when you, somebody receives an item and it's clearly way too much packaging. It's clearly the box is dramatically larger than it's needed. People hate that inefficiency. and some level, they feel like they paid for that inefficiency. And so as we go forward and we look at right-size boxing, it gives you a chance to actually do custom printing on that box as you've made that box smaller to be just the right size of the item being shipped. 
It gives you opportunities to be able to use the right type of protective packaging because you have to use higher performing protective packaging, but I can custom print it and auto insert it into a box that I'm going to reduce the size on. I can inflate cushioned mailers on demand and custom print those on their way out the door very extremely cost-effectively at that point and still get the benefits of all the dim weight reductions because I'm using a flexible cushion mailer rather than a box. So all these pieces start to be complementary to each other. So I don't see, in fact, in sealed air, one of the things that we pride ourselves on is we want to see people use less packaging. Industry is growing so rapidly we expect people, as part of our sustainability position, we want people to be more efficient and actually use less packaging, but they should be using smart packaging because overall we think that's much better for the planet. And it's you know, because the worst thing that can happen in a shipping environment is something arriving damaged or something arriving in packaging that is radically larger than it would ever need to be. And that still happens way too often, Bob. Can you give us a glimpse into the future in terms of the technology of packaging and some new ideas and methods and materials that we might see down the line that would cause even greater efficiency and yet higher quality and lower cost? What are you looking at going forward? Well, there's a couple of things that are, that are really keen in this space. One of them is this idea of what we're calling the perfect package. And let me just explain what that looks like. As fulfillment operations, as e-commerce becomes an ever larger percentage of total retail. We talked earlier about having those bespoke solutions. Well, I, I can't have somebody sitting there in a work cell deciding at that moment, okay, what packaging should I use? How should I make this work? You need a brain. And so what we're looking to see, we think the future of fulfillment packaging going forward is having an order coming down a line with various items inside it, and it then gets routed at that point of decision-making to what the right type of packaging for, based upon everything I know about that customer and everything I know about the items that they've ordered. And so that system is intelligent enough to take all that data and then route it to the right packaging solution. And because they're shipping enough volume out of these facilities, they can afford to have four different types of packaging solutions as long as there doesn't require human intervention to determine which type of packaging would truly be the best for where I'm shipping this, for the item being shipped, for the level of fragility, for like you know, how loyal this customer is, um, the value of the item being shipped. So that's an important piece. We're also starting to see more cost-effective opportunities when it comes to renewable materials. And so Sealed Air, we're doing quite a bit of work right now, both with inflatables and with packaging foams using renewable, whether it's based in sugarcane or other renewable content materials. Having performance packaging, as much as I love paper, paper has some constraints to it from a performance standpoint, but foams have for a long period of time been seen as being highly protective for items. Using the right kind of renewable materials on the inbound as you know so when we make these solutions they are actually from a renewable source we see that being part of the future of fulfillment packaging as well because we're now starting to see the the cost point getting to a level and some creative work in how those items those materials are converted getting to a level where it isn't a trade off anymore and that's the only thing that's held back a, a large adoption of renewable materials is the fact that while people say they really care about the planet and sustainability, rarely are people willing to put their money where their mouth is on that. So yeah. the challenge that we have in packaging is let's make sure people don't have to make that trade-off. And so quite a bit of R&D work is going into that space right now. 
Well, I think I will never look at a box again in the same way. Uh, but uh, Ken Chrisman, I want to thank you so much for helping us to unpack the unboxing experience and suggest ways in which retailers can bridge the gap between physical stores and their websites with a whole new approach to customer experience. Thank you so much for being with us today. Well, Bob, it's been a delight. I'm so, I'm so honored to be here with you. So thanks for this opportunity. That was my conversation with Ken Chrisman of Sealed Air, talking about the unboxing experience in e-commerce. We're online at www.supplychainbrain.com, where we post a new episode of this podcast for streaming or downloading every Friday. You can also read my Think Tank blog, watch thousands of videos, and access all of our other content, including the digital edition of our magazine. Look for us on Facebook and LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter, at SCBrain. You can also download or subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Got any comments or suggestions on this or any episode? Email me at rbowman at supplychainbrain.com. See you next time.